Hey, and welcome to the Mickey in Minutes podcast, the short Disney show. I'm your host, Nick Lazaga, and this is episode 36, the top 10 best cues at Walt Disney World. Come on, everybody. Here we go. Up to Neverland. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, broadcasting on the DVC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Awal Airwaves on the DVC. Should visit the nearest information kiosk. Thank you. Star Tours is now offering convenient daily departures to the exotic moon of Endor. Come spend an afternoon or the entire day with the lovable Ewoks in their charming tribal villages. It's a fun-filled visit that you and your family will remember forever. Just ask for the Endor Express, available only from Star Tours. Non-stop flights leave every few minutes, so don't delay. Visit Endor today. Walt Disney was a storyteller above all else. He built Disneyland to not just be another amusement park, but a place where stories come to life all around you. He instilled this idea in his team at WED, and still today the Imagineers carry on that vision with everything they do. That's why Disney doesn't just build rides, they build attractions that give the guests a full experience. And that experience starts before you get on the actual ride vehicle. It actually starts the second you get into the queue, and even before that for some attractions. Disney Imagineers know that waiting in line is unavoidable, so they take that opportunity to build anticipation for the upcoming attraction. They do this with details, interactivity, and sometimes even with pre-show videos or experiences that immerse you in the story and transport you to another time and place, so that by the time you board your ride vehicle, you are fully invested in the attraction. So on this episode, I'm going to give you my list of the top 10 queues at Walt Disney World. Some of these include a pre-show, and some of them don't. I'm just focused on how well they get you ready for the attraction. And I decided to narrow this list down to only Walt Disney World because there are just too many amazing queue experiences to choose from. But I'll have to make a Disneyland list sometime too. Okay, so I'm going to kick this list off with an attraction that doesn't really get much love anymore. Number 10 is Journey into Imagination with Figment. Now I know this isn't the version of the attraction that people want, but it's what we have, and there are things to love about it besides the fact that it has figment again. What I really like about it is the overall theme of the Imagination Institute. I think it does a great job of setting this fantasy attraction in a reality that I feel fits in with the science and discovery theme of Future World. It feels like it's an actual place because of how good the queue is. So you enter the Imagination Institute because it's having an open house and it feels like you're entering a real working office and science lab. In the front there's a reception desk and a waiting area and there's a marquee for all the places that you can visit in the building, many of which you explore during the attraction which is meant to be a tour of the Institute. 
There's also a wall that shows the Imagination Institute Inventor of the Year Award recipients. They include Professor Philip Brannard for his invention of Flubber, as portrayed by the late great Robin Williams, and Professor Wayne Zielinski for his invention of the Shrink Ray, as portrayed by Rick Moranis, which is a great nod not only to those films, but also to Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, which was next door and part of the Imagination Institute storyline too. The queue also has a bunch of random inventions and science things on display as you enter the Sensory Labs area. And you even pass by Dr. Nigel Channing's office door where you can hear his secretary frantically answering calls. He's the chairman of the institute and the one who will guide you on your tour in the attraction. Now I know this queue is not super exciting or interactive, but the theme and story is carried through very well and it does a great job of setting the overall tone of the attraction. Number 9 is a queue that I used to dread, but now if you're not in it for too long, it's actually pretty cool. I'm talking about Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Okay, so you start this queue by walking up to the massive mountain and you enter the Big Thunder Mining Company building. Inside, you pass things that you would have seen in this workplace, like the Paymaster window and the safe where they keep their shiny gold. There's a sign for the pay rates of the workers and a lot of safety signs. The attention to detail in this queue really makes it feel like an actual mining facility from that time period. Then you enter my favorite part of the queue, where they keep the explosives and the triggers for them. If you follow the instructions, you could actually make things go boom on the mountain. It's a great interactive element and a lot of fun. Then there's another area where hung above you are a bunch of empty bird cages where the canaries were before you sent them down to test the air. And there's little areas where you can look into the shafts and see the birds. Now this queue can be very long and very hot, but there's a lot to look at and a lot to do that really set the stage for the attraction. Not to mention the fact that for most of the queue, you have a great view of the ride and other parts of Frontierland. Okay, so number eight is actually a tie between two extremely detailed queues that are in the same land and are very similar, so I'm just counting them as one. They are Slinky Dog Dash and Toy Story Mania in Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios. They both fully commit to the theme of the land, which is that you are the size of a toy and exploring and playing in Andy's backyard. In both queues, you are surrounded by oversized toys, boxes, and other things that make it appear that Andy has made them. Of course, the best part of the Toy Story Mania queue is the talking Mr. Potato Head animatronic. He's really funny and helps pass the time in what's usually a pretty long queue. And what I love specifically about the Slinky Dog Dash queue are all the details showing how Andy made the ride. There's the box for the Dash and Dodge Mega Coaster Kit and the box for Slinky Dog. There are unused pieces of track lying around and even the blueprints for the track layout that he drew. I also love how the wait time display is on the tag from Andy's dog Buster's collar. Both queues are covered in fun details and easter eggs that make standing in the long queues engaging even without a pre-show or any interactive elements. And since they just both work together so well to tell a complete story, I think they both deserve the number 8 spot. Okay, so let's move over to Norway and Epcot for number 7, which of course is Frozen Ever After. Now this is definitely one of those experiences that start before you even enter the queue. The whole pavilion is just so beautiful. Now I know that some people would argue that there's a disconnect there because Arendelle is not a real place and it shouldn't be in the Norway pavilion. But I'm not here to have that discussion. 
but I think that the blending of the real Norwegian architecture with the touches of the fictional kingdom of Arendelle is seamless and help to create a very immersive experience before you even get into the queue area. And let me tell you, this queue is breathtaking. Now when you first enter it, you see a formal invitation to the Ice Palace where there is a summer snow day celebration in honor of the day that Princess Anna saved her sister, Queen Elsa, with an unselfish act of true love. This perfectly and very simply sets up the story of the attraction. Now if you remember Maelstrom, the attraction that used to occupy this show building, you can clearly see that the queue area for Frozen is actually the old exit area, which was a Norwegian seaside town. So, with just a few added details and a little bit of retheming, they made it Arendelle. And it really looks amazing. You're inside of a show building, but you really feel like you're outside on a cool evening by the water. There are lanterns overhead and you're surrounded by buildings, one of which is actually Oaken's Tokens and Sauna. This part of the queue is great because you could actually see and hear Oaken as he draws in the steam on the glass from inside the window of the sauna. It's pretty funny. Overall, this queue is very well themed and works well on multiple levels. It helps immerse you in the story of the attraction and it showcases the beauty of Norway as part of the overall pavilion. Next, we head over to G-Force Records for number 6, Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Now first, let's just acknowledge the fact that there is nothing cooler than that giant red Fender Strat outside of the attraction. I just love how the neck of the guitar turns into a roller coaster track and there's an upside down car right under the marquee above your head. It's just so awesome and it's a great photo op. You really start off feeling like a rock star before you even enter the queue. Now, as a musician myself, I just love and truly appreciate the theme of a recording studio. There are posters on the wall for classic rock bands and contemporary artists, and you get to see some really cool vintage recording equipment like microphones, guitars, and amplifiers in glass as you walk through the queue toward the room where Aerosmith is busy recording some music in one of my favorite Disney pre-shows. So you walk into the room where you see a bunch of the band's equipment including a drum set and some guitars and stuff and you see the whole band in the booth listening to a playback of their classic hit Walk This Way. They notice you enter the room and they greet you just as their manager walks in and tells them that they're going to be late for their big concert across town. Then Steven Tyler has the awesome idea of giving us all backstage passes to their concert. So the manager gets us a really fast car. So then they all leave and you take the exit to the back alley, where you see your ride, which of course is a super stretched limo. The detail in this part of the queue makes it feel like you enter a parking garage area. It's really cool. There's a chain link fence and beyond it you can see the coaster launch as you wait for your turn. This is a fun and detailed queue and it really builds up the excitement and the nerves for a really awesome attraction. Alright, now we're in the top 5. Now, at the time of this recording, Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World has not yet opened, but I will still take you to a galaxy far, far away for number 5, Star Tours The Adventures Continue. This has always been one of my favorite queues because it just feels so Star Wars, you know? There are two portions of this queue that are very different from each other. The outdoor portion looks like the Endor Moon with a big AT-AT, but it doesn't hide the fact that it's a set piece because this attraction was built when Disney MGM Studios was meant to be a showcase of the movie making process. 
of course, that's not really the case anymore. For more on that, check out my last episode called The New Direction of Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now the inside portion of this queue is where the full Star Wars immersion happens. When you enter the Star Tour spaceport, you see a giant Star Speeder 1000 and C-3PO working on a computer right next to it. And there's a big screen advertising all the places in the galaxy that Star Tours could take you. Then, in the next room, there are droids doing typical airport-like jobs, such as scanning luggage and working security. There is just so much detail and stuff going on around you that it actually feels like you're at a busy spaceport with people traveling all over the galaxy. This queue really does a great job of immersing you in the Star Wars universe. And this is just a taste of how well Disney does Star Wars. I can only imagine how amazing Galaxy's Edge is going to be. I can't wait. I get to experience it for the first time in November. Anyways, now for number four, we're heading back to the Magic Kingdom for one of my all-time favorite attractions, Peter Pan's Flight. Now up until 2015, this was actually one of the worst queues ever. It was just a boring switchback where you go right, then around the stanchion, and left, and back around again, with barely any theming for most of it. But Disney did a great job of fixing this problem by adding a whole new area to the queue that is a beautiful and interactive recreation of the Darling Children's Nursery. Now you can play with shadows on the wall and see Tinkerbell fly around the room. She moves things and even sprinkles you with some pixie dust. The details are beautiful to look at, especially for a huge fan of Peter Pan like myself. Now there is still a portion of the queue that are just outdoor switchbacks like before, and the wait times for this attraction can get really long, but seeing the nursery is just so cool, so I recommend coming here first right after Rope Drop to check it out and beat the crowds. Number 3 is an attraction that is pretty much flawless in every way, the Tower of Terror. The theming is seamless from the moment you walk up to the ominous Hollywood Tower Hotel. The queue starts outside by some clearly neglected planters and fountains. It's all overgrown and weathered, and there's old-timey music playing, and every few seconds, you hear the screams coming from the top floor. Then, you enter the lobby. There is luggage stacked by chairs, teacups just left on tables, and the mail is still behind the front desk. There are cobwebs everywhere, as if everything is just stuck in time. Like, everyone just vanished, and it has remained untouched since then. Then, you are ushered into a small library. When the door closes, lightning strikes outside, and the TV just turns on by itself. Now you are a part of a very special episode of The Twilight Zone. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Hollywood, 1939. Amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in its own right, a beacon for the show business elite. Now, something is about to happen that will change all that. Time is now on an evening very much like the one we have just witnessed. 
Tonight's story in the Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is a maintenance service elevator, still in operation, waiting for you. We invite you, if you dare, to step aboard because in tonight's episode, you are the star. And this elevator travels directly to the Twilight Zone. That's just so perfect. Then, you enter the boiler room of the hotel, where you enter your elevator. And the cast members down here do such a great job of being just creepy enough to get you a little bit more nervous to ride. Honestly, this list was so difficult to put together because the Tower of Terror and the rest of the top three could all be number one. But let's head off world to Pandora for number two, which is Flight of Passage. Really, the whole land of Pandora is so well themed that it's all just a build up to this amazing attraction. But the actual queue starts as you walk up to the Alpha Centauri Expedition sign, where you are then instructed to walk under the floating mountains, behind a waterfall, and through a cave with Navi paintings on the wall. This then leads to a former RDA mining facility, which is now overgrown and rusted. Then you walk through several airlocks and into a big lab that is being used by the Pandora Conservation Initiative's Mountain Banshee Project. This is the best part of the queue. It's where you see a lot of the ongoing experiments and samples that they're working on, and you even see up close an avatar just floating in a test tube. From there, you move to the genetic matching room where you are greeted via video by PCI scientist Dr. Stevens. He scans you for Pandoran pesticides and explains that he's preparing you to actually experience a very special Navi rite of passage, that is, flying on the back of a banshee by linking to an avatar using special link chairs. You are then matched to a pre-existing avatar that shares genetic similarities with you, and you are introduced to Dr. Jacqueline Ogden, the PCI scientist and Banshee researcher that restarted the avatar program and created this link chair system. Then, after a quick safety video, you are led into a room with the link chairs, handed some flight glasses, and you're off. This queue is actually very long, but there is so much attention to detail that make the story as realistic as possible. You could very easily suspend your disbelief here, and really, that makes every Disney attraction even more enjoyable. Okay, so before I get to number one on my list of favorite queues at Walt Disney World, I need to talk about a few honorable mentions because they are just so great. The Jungle Cruise queue is hot and long, but if you listen to the radio that's playing, you will laugh because it's all just what you'd expect from the Jungle Cruise. Dumb jokes and puns. I highly recommend going on YouTube and just listening to it for a little while. It's so good. Next is one that I'm sure at least a few of you predicted would be number one, and that's Expedition Everest. This queue is extremely detailed and tells a very good story leading up to the attraction. There is just so much to look at and learn from this queue, and it really makes you feel like you're at a base camp at Mount Everest. It's a very good queue, but not quite number one. My final honorable mention is the amazing cue for Pirates of the Caribbean. You've actually been hearing this cue music in the background for most of this episode because it's just so good. This cue perfectly sets the tone of the attraction. You enter a Spanish fort called Castillo de Moro behind the Caribbean watchtower Torre del Sol. Inside you pass by a jail cell with two skeletons who died playing a never-ending game of chess. You also get to walk through the armory and see cannons, swords, and barrels of gunpowder. And the whole time the lighting in there is dim candlelight. 
The cue is very simple, but the aesthetic is perfect. Alright, we're finally here. My number one favorite cue at Walt Disney World. I chose the Haunted Mansion as number one for a lot of reasons. First of all, the tone is set perfectly from the moment you see the mansion and hear that howling dog. Like Peter Pan's flight, this queue had some fun interactive elements added to it fairly recently and I think they add an engaging way of learning more about the backstory of the attraction. This area is outside in the cemetery right next to the Rivers of America. Each of the tombstones have a fun pun engraved on them that help lighten the mood a little bit because what makes the Haunted Mansion so accessible is its perfect blend of humor and scary. There are several different crypts here for some of the characters that are represented in the attraction. One of them has an organ on it that makes music when you touch it for the organist in the ballroom scene. Another one is for the sea captain Culpepper Klein, whose portrait you can see hanging in the gallery in the mansion. Watch out when looking at this crypt though, you might get wet. These, and a few other interactive elements, make this outside portion of the queue really fun. But there's also something else you can do in this queue that many people don't know about. You can play a murder mystery game. To figure out who done it, check out those busts right at the beginning of the queue. After this outside interactive portion of the queue, you finally enter the mansion. In the foyer, there's a portrait on the wall of Master Gracie. In the picture, he slowly changes into a skeleton. Then, you are asked to step into the dead center of an octagonal room. This room has four paintings on the wall around you. Then, the opening from which you entered closes, and so begins the greatest Disney pre-show of all time, as you are greeted by your host, your ghost host. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Our tour begins here in this gallery, where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible mortal state. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors. <laughs> which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> of course, there's always my way.
Oh, I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. <laughs> the real chills come later. Now, as they say, look alive, and we'll continue our little tour. And let's all stay together, please. If after that you're not even a little freaked out, then you must not have been paying attention. Watching the portrait stretch to reveal how each of those people died, and seeing Master Gracie hanging from a noose in the ceiling, are just a taste of how spooky and fun the Haunted Mansion is. I can't think of another attraction where the pre-show is one of the most memorable parts of it. That's why the Haunted Mansion is number one on my list. It's iconic and pretty much perfect. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing my list of the top 10 cues at Walt Disney World. My favorite thing about Disney is the attention to detail in the theming and storytelling, and a great cue can really add a whole nother layer to an attraction. Do you agree with my list? What is your favorite cue at Walt Disney World? Let me know on Twitter at Mickey and Minutes. So if you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, then you already know that I was having a lot of technical issues over the last month or so that really delayed the release of this episode. In fact, because I couldn't record for a bit while I was trying to fix the issue, I even had to scrap an episode that I was working on because it was time sensitive and releasing it too late would have been pointless. But I obviously have resolved the issues with my computer and hopefully nothing else gets in the way of giving you guys another episode very soon. So thanks so much for sticking with me during this time. You guys are awesome. Well, once again, thanks so much for listening to the show, you guys. If you liked it, please rate it and review it on iTunes and tell your fellow Disney friends about it. Look out for another episode very soon. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Mickey and Minutes. Find us on YouTube for some Disney trivia and other fun videos. And check out MickeyandMinutes.com for show notes and more. Thanks again for listening to the Mickey and Minutes podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye. Folks here about say for a rabbit leaving home. <laughs>